Welcome to the I Am Podcast. My name is Carl Weaver, and I am the website content manager at I Am. If you have any suggestions for the I Am Podcast, you can email me at carl.weaver at iamovers.org. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. We want to hear from you. You can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash iamovers slash message. I will also put the link in the show notes so you can click on it right there. I'm joined today by uh, Sid Mohan from Yembo. Thanks for joining me today, Sid. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for being. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's exciting to talk to you. You guys over at uh, Yembo are really doing some neat stuff as far as technology and uh, AI. And and uh, my understanding is that you're you're not just the AI guy. You're you're the you 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 invented the internet essentially. Is that is that true? Well, I, I wouldn't say that. I'm sure a lot of a uh, lot of people, uh, if they listen to that, would not be happy. But uh, <laughs> maybe uh, uh, I could give you a background of uh, of uh, how I came about uh, working on AI and uh, uh, going into my internet history. Sure, that would be great. Yeah, and of course, I was just joking. I didn't mean to oversell you there, but uh, <laughs> I, but you know, you're you're doing really uh, genius stuff. So. So tell me if I, uh, and of course, I remember you showed me the product, but if I didn't know what Yembo was or what you guys did, how would you explain it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, so let me just give you a quick background on how we started. And it's, it's a great story. Uh, so uh, I'm one of the two co-founders of uh, Yembo. So we've been uh, working on AI technology to help uh, moving companies for the past five years. Uh, but before that, I spent over 10 years at uh, Qualcomm. And going back to your original point, uh, uh, I worked on uh, 4G wireless technology. Uh, this was before the iPhone days, before Steve Jobs announced the iPhone. Uh, 3G wasn't even a thing. And uh, at Qualcomm, I was uh, a mathematical algorithms engineer working on how your cell phone would talk to the base station and it would communicate data back and forth. So every time uh, you're using uh, YouTube on your phone or pretty much uh, uh, any app that uses uh, a 4G uh, phone, you're using some of the algorithms that I built. Uh, I spent over six years uh, working on that. It's sort of like an incredible journey uh, to see people using uh, the technology that uh, me and my, the rest of my team built. Uh, so uh, I wouldn't say I invented the internet, but like uh, the, the team that I worked with, incredible team, uh, built the foundational technology behind 4G wireless. Uh, now we are off uh, onto 5G and so forth. Uh, uh, and then I transitioned over uh, to uh, artificial intelligence in the same research team within Qualcomm. And uh, uh, what we were working on was to teach computers how to recognize uh, uh, insights from images. And we were specifically looking at uh, a self-driving car. So if a car has to drive itself, how does it understand the road? How does it understand if uh, there are other cars uh, on the road, if there's a pedestrian crossing the street? Uh, and uh, I was uh, involved in building the technology to teaching uh, basically an algorithm to look at these images, to look at these videos, and to recognize these insights that then can be used by the uh, car's driving software 
to decide if, if it needs to break, if it needs to accelerate, change lanes and so forth. Um, and uh, uh, I was pretty happy doing that. Um, uh, my co-founder, Zach, uh, was a software engineer in the same team. Uh, one fine day, he uh, messages me saying we should do uh, AI for moving. Uh, and uh, and this was like so far outside uh, what I was used to day to day. Uh, and uh, uh, I didn't even respond to that text message. Uh, and, the, uh, and the reason uh, is his wife was a move coordinator and uh, he saw firsthand uh, the kinds of problems that she was facing. Uh, for example, in the peak season, things get like really, really busy. Uh, and uh, a last minute the customer comes in, you have to, uh, create a survey, write an estimate. And uh, uh, my co-founder, Zach, his wife, couldn't find a person to go on site for like two, three weeks. So she would have to take inventory over the phone, um, ended up, uh, the homeowner ended up giving incorrect inventory. Uh, the estimate was inaccurate. The wrong size truck was sent and it created all of these cascading issues that uh, really impacted the day-to-day -day operations of the moving company. Uh, and uh, over a period of, uh, I would say like a, a month and two, he, he just really convinced me that this is, uh, this is, a, this is a problem for the industry and, uh, and uh, AI can solve this problem. Uh, and moreover, he had also just bought a home. So his realtor also owned a moving company. So uh, he convinced me to go on a bunch of these on-site estimates. So uh, uh, I wore like a moving company, uh, Polo, with, uh, uh, with a pen and paper clipboard. I, I went and visited uh, people's homes and, and just really got to learn um, the process of how a survey is done, uh, what sorts of questions are, are getting asked by uh, the salesperson, uh, what does the homeowner want, and really got like a very deep understanding of the process. Uh, and at uh, uh, and, and this point, uh, I'm getting super excited. Uh, this was uh, uh, this was late 2015, early 2016, and uh, uh, and then we decide, okay, uh, this makes uh, uh, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, yes, uh, self-driving cars um, are are going to be on the road soon, uh, but it's going to take like 10 to 20 years, and I don't want to work on uh, technology for 10, 20 years before I see the fruit of my labor. Uh, so, but with the moving case, I mean, uh, if we if we miss a bed, uh, people are not going to die. Uh, we, we, you could still yeah. create a user interface and provide the insights to a sales agent sitting behind the desk, and you can still get the accurate uh, estimate out. Uh, so, for me personally, it was the fact that you could iterate much faster. That was a real problem to solve. That uh, really convinced me to to take the take the leap. Uh, uh, going from like an R&D lab to starting uh, Yimbo along along with Zach. Mm -hmm. That's pretty amazing. Um, and you showed me the the software, of course, and and just the and I've never worked in the movie industry. You know, I'm an association guy, but being I've of course moved many times and had people in my home and you know, with the clipboard and writing stuff down. And always it sounded to me like it it it, it always looked like a really inefficient process. Um, but being able to see that, that opportunity of, oh yeah, I can do this is pretty remarkable. Um, so you told me that your software, and I think this is sort of the crux of AI, like it, it sees things and it recognizes things and that's awesome. And then it produces the, uh, manifest, which can be edited and changed by the, 
the end user or the uh, the customer or the the uh, the person who's doing the survey. Uh, but something you told me is that it actually learns. And to me, that's like I mean, I mean, it's cool to for it to recognize things and make lists and interpret. But that's sort of like the next level. How does that work? Like, yeah. so explain it to me because I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. Um... Uh, in a nutshell, uh, if, if you think about uh, what artificial intelligence is, uh, the technical term in the engineering world is called machine learning. Okay. And, and what that means is you, you feed a machine data and you, you build algorithms as the scientist and as the engineer that takes this data and, uh, and produces an output. Now, the output can be correct or it can be uh, incorrect. When the output, it's almost like how you train a dog. Like uh, uh, when a dog does like, you know, a good job, you say good dog. And if it does a bad job, you say it's bad dog. The dog realizes, okay, I don't want to be called a bad dog by, uh, uh, by my friend uh, anymore. Uh, I want to make, uh, uh, I want to make, uh, uh, I, I want to make uh, this person happy. So it, uh, so the same way uh, you can tell an algorithm every time it produces uh, a good output, you can say good algorithm and produces a bad output, you say bad algorithm. And then you build the mathematics behind the scene uh, to really take that uh, uh, thumbs up and thumbs down um, signal to really affect uh, how the inner workings of these algorithms are operating. So these algorithms in, in the AI world are made up of a bunch of neurons, just like our human brain. And these neurons are all connected to each other with different strengths. So when you say thumbs up or thumbs down, you're increasing the strengths between some neurons, you're decreasing the strengths between some other neurons, uh, all through mathematics. So, uh, uh, and then, uh, uh, and then when you add, so when you get new data, it's probably, let's say, uh, uh, let's say you've uh, taught this algorithm how to recognize dining chairs. And then suddenly you see an office chair with, with like a coaster uh, underneath which can swivel. Uh, it's never seen that before. So uh, it, it doesn't recognize that it, it's, it's, a, it's a chair anymore, but you can say, no, no, that's also a chair, even though uh, it doesn't have four legs, it probably uh, swivels. So the next time, um, so, it's, so the algorithm takes that into account and say, okay, uh, I hear what you're saying, but it may not produce uh, the result immediately. So probably takes like a, a few different images and few mm -hmm. different iterations of seeing the same thing and you're reinforcing that behavior. So every time it recognizes this based on what it's uh, predicting, what the output is, uh, you say a good algorithm, bad algorithm. And over time it says, okay, I think I understand what you mean. Uh, and through this factor of reinforcement, you're able to continuously teach new concepts, new techniques and uh, new insights to, to the, the, the core AI algorithm. So, uh, so over time it can recognize uh, office chairs, it can recognize sofa chairs, plastic chairs, uh, different kinds of chairs, uh, different furnitures, walls, floors, ceilings, uh, and and so forth. So if I let's say if I if I'm using your software and I said, uh, and it's taking you know, it codes all these things like the pictures on the walls, and I could say no, this isn't a photograph or this isn't a picture, this is a mirror, you know, which might require different packaging or, or wrapping or something. It could, it could sort of learn from that and say, like over enough instances of that sort of thing happening, say, oh, maybe it's a different reflectivity in the material or it's, I don't know what it would look for. 
Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what we've done uh, through the uh, through the last five years in the company. As, as more and more data is coming, we are looking at what do people have in their homes, and uh, we've collected over a million videos. Uh, and uh, and that's continuously to your point, like it's looking at these mirrors, it's looking at these different wall arts, it rec it's recognizing the nuances between those. So, uh, uh, so it's continuously learning based on, uh, based on how it's predicting uh, and the input that we're feeding. Mm -hmm. That is really cool. Um, so you guys are, are five years old now, is that right? Yimbo? Yeah, we just, we just turned five years old a couple of weeks ago, oh. April 22nd. Congratulations. That's a that's a huge thing. Uh, so what's the difference between now and when you started, other than it's a bigger company? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, um, I can tell a couple of stories here. So uh, uh, so when Zach and I uh, left Qualcomm to start Yimbo, uh, uh, at that point, uh, the industry hadn't even like migrated to video surveys. Video surveys were... were Maybe like you know, maybe a couple of people were doing doing it. Uh, FaceTime wasn't that common. Even like WhatsApp wasn't that common. And then I remember going into uh, one of the uh, conventions and uh, showing people like a demo uh, of, hey, what if you were to uh, if you are able to do this? And uh, and I got two different responses. The first response was, this can never work. Uh, <laughs> and uh, people dismissed me. The second response was. Oh my God! If you do this, this is going to change the industry, uh, and it's going to change how it's going to operate. Uh, I would say in the last five years, um, uh, video surveys have become more common, um, and uh, AI has become more common. We we have over a hundred customers, and uh, uh, and uh, and they're all using AI to make their processes more efficient. They understand that um, uh, the promise of technology is here. Uh, it's working. It is saving them time. Uh, it's helping them more than saving them time. It's helping them prevent mistakes. So uh, you see, like for example, uh, an expensive statue or like a vase, and you forget the packing material and it breaks. And the homeowner is unhappy. But what if uh, you were alerted that uh, these spe certain items require special actions? And from an operation standpoint, you're able to make sure that uh, items are correctly packed and. Uh, and you're able to like execute on the actual packing and the, uh, and moving much more efficiently. So so it's having a lot of other impacts beyond just saving time. So so the last five years, I would say, I mean, from uh, the industry being like a skeptic on if this would work, how valuable this would be, we're uh, we seeing that uh, it's. Uh, I wouldn't say we are at mainstream adoption because there are, there are over seven thousand companies, moving companies in the U.S. It's still very much the early days, but uh, but having a hundred customers get value, I think we're extremely proud of uh, what we've uh, accomplished in the last five years. Right, and it's uh, so you said you told me before that you have something like thirty different people on in your company, and like most of them PhDs, like doing really tough math. Uh, to make this work, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and engineers and who knows what, but like, you know, not. Uh, so, w when you're putting on the, the 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 moving polo and doing like your first assessments of the problem, do they have you moving boxes too? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, I I didn't physically move boxes, but I uh, I watched the execution of so many yeah. different moves. 
uh, I always feel like innovation happens at the crossroads of like multiple different, uh, uh, um, I would say industries that haven't really like, like you know, yeah. with each other. Like who would have imagined like, you know, uh, a moving industry and AI, right? So, uh, so, uh, so that's, that's where we were able to really bring in that insight that here's the technology that's, uh, that is um, achieving maturity and here's the business problem uh, and here's how it would help mm -hmm. uh, people who are moving. Here's how it would help uh, uh, moving companies and really bringing that insight. Uh, and that's why uh, in our company, even though we've grown to like 30 people, we have all of these PhDs, um, we, we, we make that customer feedback very transparent and we make it transparent to all the engineers who are working on the problem. So anytime a customer gives any input, whether it could be like, you know, uh, uh, really good input or it could be like a feedback saying, hey, it didn't perform well, uh, it percolates and the engineers are able to put, put themselves in the customer shoes and really understand why this is an issue and they're able to like iterate much faster uh, and uh, and solve problems much more efficiently. Mm -hmm. Do you ever have your engineers and other uh, staff who are actually doing this go out on moves like you did? So yeah, yeah. So, firsthand? yeah, uh, just I think um, just few uh, just few weeks ago, uh, uh, we uh, for a new product we we launched we uh, we we. We, uh, we tail like an operations crew. Uh, one of the things that we've done is um, take pictures and videos that are generated from the AI during the survey time and put that in the hands of drivers and the crew. So they get eyes into the property, they get eyes into their uh, work even before they reach a uh, uh, job site. And we've seen that this really helps them like prepare, like have a mental, uh, understanding of what to expect. Uh, in, in some cases, uh, understand, I can't, it's like a heavy piano here. Uh, this is not a two-person job. I need to get two more hands. Uh, mm -hmm. So you don't go to the customer's home and then realize you can't do it and, and wait for uh, backup help. So uh, so we had, uh, 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 we had our team members actually shadow some of these processes uh, just, I would say, like a month ago. So it's... Uh, uh, it's something we want to continue continue to do to be really close to the the day to day operations of our customers. So we really understand, like you know, how they go about doing their work. Uh, how's how are they using the technology? How it's helping them? So we can continuously figure out uh, uh, what it is that we should do next to help them even more. Yeah, yeah. Something. So I remember you you wrote an article for this new issue of uh, Portal Magazine. Uh, just about this topic we're talking about. And something that struck me is that you wrote that, uh, these, that the data becomes transparent. So, and whether it's me, it's my move that you're handling or that, you know, someone's handling, you know, or it's, uh, you know, your engineers have to look at it to keep doing your quality checks and stuff like that. The drivers, the, the, you know, the handlers, uh, you know, the people of, that I, I hired to move me who are the ones that are going to get the call, right? You yeah. know, say, where's my stuff or why yeah. is this happening? So everyone's got a view into the same information. And I think that's powerful. That'll keep yeah. me as a client from saying, where's my stuff? Cause I could say, Oh, it's on the way or, Oh, it's um, you know, it's, it's in this process, you know, whatever. Um, which yeah. as a client has been, just, you know, it's the bane of your existence. Where's my stuff and when's it gonna get here? 
Yeah, and we found that that I mean, um, this was like uh, almost like not explainable to us as to why someone wouldn't do it already. Yeah, uh, and because uh, there's a lot of this he said she said issues that happen. Uh, a mover, uh, the customer says you broke my item, but but there was probably pre-existing damage. Uh, and in a lot of cases, the mover just ends up paying for it because there's no documentation as to when it happened. Mm -hmm. uh, but what if he had documentation, fo photographic evidence through the entire chain of custody from the time when the survey was done to when the time uh, the items got loaded onto the truck, uh, maybe it got transferred to a different van operator, maybe the destination agent is a different person who's unloading. Mm -hmm. What if he could track from, a, from, a, from every single item, the condition through the entire process and show it transparently to all entities. So, uh, uh, so it doesn't even result in a claim. So the homeowner knows, yes, I, okay, I can see it during, during survey, um, during time of survey that there was this damage, I can make a claim on that item that the mover damaged it. Or uh, from the mover side, uh, really understand uh, if, if they did damage it, at what point did, they, uh, did the damage happen? Uh, and uh, and was it at the origin? Was it at the destination? And really use that insight to uh, drive uh, behavior change internally, drive uh, drive uh, learning, drive processes, uh, uh, drive improvements internally, so that in the future it doesn't happen. So so what we are doing is bubbling these insights to the top, uh, so that uh, there is. Uh, uh, the uh, the owners the the business owners uh, can use data to understand how their operations are uh, going on to really improve their profitability metrics and to also improve customer satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I suppose also to um, you know if I'm a let's say I'm I'm the origin agent or something, the uh, you know someone that has does have a legitimate claim, I could see through the steps. Well, who do I need to now? Bring exactly. a claim against. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. I mean, someone has to pay for it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, okay, uh, is this something I did, or is this something someone else did? And and you have the uh, and you have like a photographic evidence to approve or disprove uh, if uh, at what point uh, uh, something went wrong, and mm -hmm. you're able to make make tough business conversations into like uh, not a, not into like a he said she said. Uh, Kind of like an emotionally charged argument, but just based on data, hey, I like here it is, and just uh, even like eliminates some of these tough conversations because the data speaks for itself. Yeah, that's huge. So, what's the future for Yumbo? I mean, uh, you guys have done you've you've done this so far, and I'm sure you're still uh, you know work working hard on the project or the product rather, or else you wouldn't need thirty PhDs on staff, but. Yeah. Uh, are, are you taking the same uh, technology and able to apply it elsewhere, like insurance claims or like insurance claims outside the movie industry, stuff like that? Uh, that's a great question. So I'd like to think that it's still uh, early days for AI, uh, both for the moving industry as well as for the broader film services industry. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we have uh, about 100 customers and there are 7,000 movers. So there's still a lot of work uh, to be done to uh, to scale uh, the product and the technology across the entire industry. So we're super committed towards uh, doing that. We are also building other AI tools to help uh, movers. For example, if there is uh, pre-existing damage during the survey, we can, uh, we can alert the crew uh, during, uh, even before they 
they go to job site. So there's like AI technology that just doesn't identify that here's a chair. It can also say, here's a da uh, chair, but I think it's damaged on the side uh, and you should probably take a look, right? So really helping their process. Um, and, uh, and absolutely this technology is super helpful for not just for moving, but for, uh, for, different, uh, for different home services. So we are putting together a, a product to help uh, property insurance companies, both from an underwriting inspection. So when uh, uh, an insurance company uh, underwrites a policy, uh, we wanna help them understand the risks associated with the property. Or uh, if there is a claim, uh, I just went through two claims last year, my dishwasher leaked and, uh, and then my bathroom leaked. And in both cases, it took like three weeks for the insurance company to send an adjuster over. And the adjuster was coming with like, you know, a tape measure, like, uh, like figuring out how many square feet, uh, how, what's the length of uh, the countertop and how many square feet of uh, wall to really write the estimate. And then uh, we had to go to a contractor. The entire process took three months. So we want to shorten the time, uh, just like how we did on the moving end, where you don't have to, in the, in the peak season, wait three weeks to get a survey completed. Uh, you can send a link out. The homeowner can record videos on their own time. The survey can be done on the same day. So, uh, so we're taking that same philosophy into different home services industries. So we're putting together a pro product for property insurance. Uh, so, uh, uh, so and then we see a lot of... Uh, uh, way that the insurance product would help the moving product, just like the way the moving product is self-insurance product. Mm -hmm. So our goal is to, uh, we are the global leaders in um, AI home surveys for moving. We want to be the global leaders in AI home surveys for moving, for insurance, for painting, uh, no matter uh, what kind of work you want to do to your home, uh, we want to be able to provide the best user experience to get the job done. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. So you said you have about 100 customers now and there are 7,000 com companies that should be buying it, right? I'm sorry, that, that sounded too much like a commercial, but I know <laughs> everyone, everyone feels proud of what they make. But, um, you know, uh, what's, what's the biggest drawback? Or I don't want to say drawback. What's the biggest uh, reason people don't buy? And this isn't about Yembo. This is about technology. Um, yeah. You know, which is, of course, you know, similar type question, but why don't people just say, wow, this is amazing? Yeah, yeah. So, so two reasons, right? So in our case, I think uh, we, we went live uh, in 2019. So it's been about two years since we've been in the market. Uh, and even if all 7,000 wanted to use it on day one, we just didn't have the capacity to train and scale. Yeah. So, so we had a process where we wanted to uh, accept not more than four customers a month. So we wanted to make sure implementation, because we, uh, we're still a 30-person company, not a 3,000-person company. <laughs> we're able to do that in a scalable fashion. Uh, but going back to your question, I think the biggest reason, uh, I would say, is uh, mindset change, right? So, uh, uh, and the process change that's associated with it. Uh, in a typical moving company, technology is sort of like a cost factor uh, where they try to minimize uh, costs associated uh, uh, but the biggest change that we are looking at uh, the customers who are successful using our stuff is uh, using technology as a differentiator mm -hmm. and not as a cost factor, right? Because um, what we've seen is 
uh, if you choose, if you don't choose the good technology or the right technology, you just compensate for it somewhere else. Like maybe it's like higher headcount. Um, so maybe uh, you keep hiring more people until your CFO or the finance person says uh, you can't hire any uh, any more, and then the customer experience drops. Right? Versus if you use technology as a way to figure out how do I create the right process in the 21st century world when these when these homeowners are used to like the Ubers and Airbnb type of experience. And how do I use that as a differentiator to provide the best experience I can, as well as uh, to, to run my business more efficiently without compensating for, uh, for all these gaps with more people. So, uh, uh, so I think that mindset change, uh, it's one of those things when after you use us for a few months, you realize, but like to start out on day one, uh, it's it's almost like a learning process that we help coach our, our potential customers through. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I think that mindset change, it's getting accelerated because of COVID because uh, you couldn't send a person on site anymore because uh, homeowners didn't want to have people on site. Um, uh, but I think uh, over the next few years, we'll see more and more of this happening. Yeah. Yeah, something I've always told people in terms of business and costs and you know, you're talking about you know, the way people think is... Does, does the right technology help you make more money or use fewer, like, does it, it either helps you make more money or have better experience, which leads to more money or have uh, fewer people, which leads to more money, you know, something like that. It's sort of like, um, yeah, I, I worked with a guy who said, geez, you know, I don't want to hire this attorney. I said, a good attorney is going to help you save. It's not, he's not going to help you make money necessarily. They're going to help you not have to pay more money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, exactly. It's the same philosophy, right? The yeah. good, the right technology will will enable you to save money, uh, improve profitability, and mm -hmm. uh, and really with all the data and insights, you can run your business more efficiently. You have eyes into how things are happening uh, day to day. Yeah, it, but that that paradigm shift of thinking is, you know, because I think a lot of people will think, well. I have, uh, I have X number of people on staff. If I become more efficient, they'll have less stuff to do. You know, rather uh, than- think buy more trucks and move more people and offline. <laughs> exactly, yeah. If it saves you time or saves you energy, you know, you put those people to work somewhere else, uh, you know, or on more jobs. You yeah, know? Uh, and, and also I think like, uh, because the moving industry is seasonal, uh, our customers end up having to hire more people during summertime and it's just all the seasonal uh, workforce, right? And it's a big pain. Like uh, they have to figure out where these people are gonna come from. They have to recruit them. They have to onboard them. They have to train them. Uh, and what if even like the technology helps so solve some of these headaches where uh, it's not just like on the cost savings. Uh, we want to, you don't want to spend 17 hours at work. I want to make you go home to your family sooner. Just spend mm -hmm. like, uh, spend more time with your family and don't be worried about uh, how how you're going to execute on all these jobs that are coming in. Where, where am I going to find these people? Uh, you can use technology as a way to uh, mitigate that as well. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of opportunities there. So how do we change people's mindsets about this other than by having your 100 one your 100 first customer your 100 second and then they say oh wow this is a great product or or if you you know is you know if i if i've adopted a certain technology i want to know that it's compatible with what my business partners are doing so is it yeah. sort of like that like your 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 uh 
your customers are in some ways making the sale for you? Yeah, and uh, majority of our customers have come from referrals, uh, right? Yeah. And, uh, uh, and it's just because the moving industry is very well networked. If you have to move from uh, San Diego to Washington, DC, it's likely uh, have a different origin agent and a different destination agent. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how majority of our customers have come in. Uh, I think on our end, we should, uh, we need to do a better job of, uh, of broadcasting the message as to what technology can do. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and that's something in the last couple of years, we were just headstone focused on the engineering side, making our existing customers successful. But we really didn't invest in, uh, uh, we really never had marketing of any sort. So, uh, uh, so and really like getting case studies out, like uh, making sure that uh, people really understand what technology can do, like have them go through the thought process as to not having technology uh, uh, be like a cost center, but a profit center mm -hmm. and, and really using uh, uh, winning stories that some of our customers have had to, to showcase that. I think those are all things that uh, we need to do a better job on, which uh, we will be hopefully uh, doing a better job on. Uh, uh, plus I think um, the industry has also changed in the last couple of years. COVID, uh, uh, even though, I mean, uh, the U.S. has done a pretty good job with vaccines so far, over 50% uh, of uh, our population is vaccinated, uh, but things are not going to go back to the way they were. Uh, I mean, there's been like, uh, like a permanent shift of sorts. Uh, what we are seeing is our customers are adapting. Uh, this is the new normal. Uh, and that's sort of accelerating some of this behavior change that need to, they need to be doing. Um, people are closing um, just at the same rate, if not at a better rate while being fully remote with virtual surveys. So you don't really have to go on site to, uh, to, uh, uh, to make that sale. So you can still create like a relationship with uh, the homeowner uh, using AI technology and using, uh, uh, using the right uh, technology tools. And the best sales agents of closing three deals a day can close like six deals a day, seven, seven deals a day. And they're realizing this. And I think uh, um, just because of the macroeconomic climate due to COVID, uh, it's going to accelerate much faster in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Things are changing. They're not, you know, when people start talking about uh, going back to normal, I, I keep telling them, we have to choose the normal we want to go back to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What is the normal? Uh, it's like people, uh, it's your definition of normal is very different from my definition of normal. Uh, but what is clear is what existed in 2019 is no longer the new, it's not the normal, right? That is a new normal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So my last question for you, uh, are, are you going to be exhibiting at the annual meeting this year? Yeah, we are excited. Uh, we're going to have maybe four or five people uh, come in. Um, uh, in it's in Florida, correct? In Orlando? Yes, yes. In yes yeah, yeah. We, we are looking forward to it. Last year, it was in San Diego, which is our home turf. Mm -hmm. uh, we were look super <laughs> excited about being there in person, but uh, but COVID had uh, other uh, plans for us. Yeah, you'll uh, be there in Orlando. We're looking forward to it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I was really looking forward to uh, San Diego also. That's a, one of my favorite cities, you know, beautiful area. And uh, I was really disappointed, of course, but, you know, more disappointed in COVID. But um, yeah, we're, we're, we're raring to go, putting plans together for Orlando. So I'm glad you're going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking forward to meeting you in person, Carl.
Absolutely. Hey, thanks so much for your time, Sid. I really do appreciate it. I hope it didn't go on too long. And I look forward to uh, meeting you in a few months. Yeah. Thank you, Carl. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. Thank you for listening to the IAM podcast. If there's ever anything you need from IAM, you can contact us at membership at iamovers.org or contact us by going to the contact us page on the IAM website at iamovers.org. Thank you for joining us and we will talk to you next time.